And you see, friends, that the Christian life is not an easy life. And we dare not take spiritual warfare lightly. He said, then, after you've taken this stand against the wiles, the methods, the planning of the devil, we're not ignorant of his devices, he said, you need to withstand. It means to resist successfully. There isn't an age in which has passed that the church has not been tempted to, what shall we say, surrender, compromise. But we will not do that. If we resist successfully, if we withstand, means we endure the fiercest attacks that he can bring against us without surrendering one inch of territory. No matter what he can bring against us, we are able to withstand it. And not only to withstand it, but to counterattack. Genesis 39 and 10 and 1 John 3, 3 and 5, 18 are some good scriptures and I don't have time to go into all of them tonight. He talks about stand then, stand. 1 Timothy 1, 18 is a good scripture. We need to look that up. I've been doing a lot of studying in Timothy lately. Timothy is a leader's book. If you want to be a leader, study Timothy. 1 Timothy 1, 18. This charge I commit unto thee, son Timothy, according to the prophecies which went before on thee, that thou by them might war a good warfare. Leaders are to war a good warfare. People that you are shepherding, whether it be your Sunday school class or your WM group or your men's group or your Royal Ranger group, your youth group, if you're a pastor or pastor's wife or whatever the case might be, if God has placed you in a position of leadership, then you need to be warring a good warfare for those people that he has given you. He said, take the whole armor of God. Take it all. Once you've done, uh, let me back up. You're to stand against, you are to withstand, and then you are to stand. We got there yet? And when you stand, that does mean you resist successfully. How do you resist successfully? Is just holding my ground resisting successfully? If you're on a football team, for example, if you're on any competitive sport team, and you merely hold your ground, are you accomplishing anything? What do you have to do to win? You have to put some points on the board, as they say. You have to take the offensive. Defense is great, but defense alone won't put points on the board, will it? It might keep the other team from beating you, but it won't win the game for you. So in this sense, stand means not only to just bow up and, you know, but it means to take the battle to the enemy. And that's why you need the armor of God. If you're going to go out and fight, you need to know what armor you have. Now, you have it if you just know it and use it, okay? The first piece of armor that you are to take on is the belt of truth. If you want to look up 2 Corinthians 6, 7, it talks about the armor of God. But I want to go right into a detailed description of your armor tonight. The belt of truth. Isaiah 11:5 talks about it. 1 Peter 1.13, Luke 12.35. The word girt is not what you might think it is. Yes, the word girdle does come from that. But the word means to put oneself in a state of readiness. When one would girt himself, it means that he would put on his armor. He would get ready for battle. Whatever service might be required, even in the sense of a priest putting on his priestly garb. But it goes farther than that. It's more than just clothing or armor. It has to do with your mental and spiritual preparation for battle as well. That's important. I noticed that every time Israel fought in battle against the Philistines, there seemed to be another giant there. If you study, you'll find out. Just killing the first one wasn't enough. They kept trotting out giants. But you notice that after they killed that first one, David didn't have to kill all the giants after that, did he? Why? These people were now ready for battle, see? These people had learned how to fight the giants. 